I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies. And we'll have some fun along the way. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder. And today I welcome Heather Fremont to the show. Welcome, Heather. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for joining. Heather Fremont is the Vice President of Marketing of Maplewood Senior Living. Heather, please tell, well, like I said, uh, tell us a little bit instead of reading your bio, maybe you tell us a little bit about your background and um, a little bit about what you do to lead sales and marketing at Maplewood. Sounds good. Thank you, Julie. Appreciate you having me this morning. Always happy to talk to you. Um, Background wise, um, I'm one of the people that's been in senior living my whole career. So had the privilege of going to college for uh, specifically for senior living and getting a degree in healthcare administration. Um, started off working in, in operations, uh, first job as an executive director, and um, have also been very lucky and blessed to learn from some very smart people um, throughout my career on the sales and marketing side. So um, I've basically switched back and forth from operations to sales and marketing, love them all. Um, I feel like my operations background has been very good to help um, accelerate, you know, marketing and sales tactics and also understand where operations and clinicals coming from. So at Maplewood Senior Living, I've been here for um, just about seven years, started off in operations at Maplewood and then was able to move into the marketing and then assume sales as well um, under my umbrella and merge those two areas together, which has been great. That's a little bit about me. No, I love it. And how many communities yeah. do you have now? We have 16. At 16. And you're yeah. based out of? Um, our home office is out of Westport, Connecticut. We do have the Maplewood Senior Living brand and also Inspire Senior Living. Great. Well, I admire you, Heather. And I love the fact, many things about you, but I love that you are a lifelong learner. I love that. And uh, that, that you are uh, such a contributor to our business and our industry. And I am very grateful for you to jump on today because today is going to be an FAQ <laughs> episode, uh, frequently asked questions or frequently requested topics. And there's two that continually come up. And the first one is outreach. And of course, we can do many, many podcasts on outreach, but you know, people are I think outreach can be either uh, like a love it or don't like it thing, or I don't have time for it, or it's the the last priority because can't get out of the building and all kinds. And then uh, because of COVID and the shutdown and all of that, it's, it, I think we're really um, it's struggling. I think we've always struggled a bit in the space with outreach and particularly now more so than ever. So I'm just going to open it up. And uh, if you just give us some pearls of wisdom on outreach, either how to get started, how to continue, where to go, best practices. Sounds good, Julie. Thank you. So I do love this subject. So I'm excited that that was uh, something that you had in mind for today. Um, I'll tell you, first off, um, anyone that's worked with me ever in the past, um, one of my big mottos on outreach is always um, small things make a big impact. 
Um, the team often says exactly what you just did. We don't have time to get out. Many of them hold a dual role out there. So they're doing internal sales as well as external sales. Um, and so obviously they've got competing priorities. Um, so we've always focused on those small things, um, meaning even if you are able to make two face-to-face -face appointments for the week, or four for the month or six for the month. Um, and perhaps your executive director is able to make two or four per month. And maybe your memory care director is able to make one that's more related to what their background is. Now, all of a sudden you add those up, you've got you know 10 small things. It's not taking over your week. It's not taking over your month. And you're making a big impact already because you've now met with 10 people you wouldn't have had you not looked at it kind of in smaller, you know, a smaller scale from a planning standpoint. Um, so I always tell people make an impact with these small changes. Um, make sure, you know, to hold everyone on the team accountable for this. Um, make sure that your professional partners are um, a vast number of people and not just a small limited group. I think you know, the second thing that I would say that I think has, has made us successful with our professional referrals um, over the past couple of years has been that we've really cast a much wider net than we did in the past. Um, you know, in the past, I feel like in senior living, especially on the post-acute care side, um, if you're working in the CCRC or AL, IL um, side of things, I think we always kind of looked at and focused on the same professionals over and over again, such as our skilled nursing facility partners. Um, one of the things that we really have done, um, and I think it helps in the long run, is really not only making those small changes on the weekly and on the monthly, but also casting a larger net, looking at all the potential professional partners and saying, you know, are there other areas of professionals that we can talk to? You know, should we be looking at the temples and churches in the community? How can we partner and collaborate with them? You know, should we also reach out to, you know, some further away places that we haven't worked with before? Are there other, say, if you're working in the assisted living and memory care area, are there memory care communities right within your local community that you are perhaps targeting different um, parts of prospects out in the community. So you might have uh, another assisted living and memory care that's a competitor and they may be really focused on kind of lower level people with lower you know, levels of care needs as well as maybe memory care needs that are lower level, but they don't handle the higher care needs. Are you able to partner with them and collaborate and say, listen, we will send referrals to you that are appropriate for your community. I really want to learn what that is. And then, you know, would you be willing to give us a chance and send us a referral our way to someone that perhaps needs a higher care level that we're able to provide? So it's really casting a net, looking at all the potential prof uh, professional referral opportunities out there. And how do I do actual beneficial one-on-one -on -one small appointments that are face-to-face highly encourage face-to-face -face because I think we have too much of a habit of doing things via email and, and text and everything else. But now that we're able to get back out in the community, if you can get in front of people, whether it's through a lunch or just having a small meeting um, and just really look at collaborations. Um, thirdly, I would say, you know, go in with the attitude for your professional outreach appointments of what can I do to help my professional partner here? What is it that they do? Understand where they're coming from. Ask the right questions. Do your discovery just like you would on a prospect. Ask them, you know, what are they doing? What types of patients are they seeing? 
you know, what do they do in the community to help? What are maybe some of the missing areas? And, and are you able to fill in any of those gaps? So really go in with, you know, people will say win-win. I like to say, let's go in with, let's have them win. Um, we'll win later. Once we go in with the attitude of how can we help our professional partners, you know, if there's a GCM, a geriatric case manager out in the community and they say, you know, I'm having difficulty, you know, placing these types of people or helping these types of families because there's this particular need or they come to me when they're confused and they just you know, got a diagnosis, what is it that you can do to partner with them to get them, you know, in front of maybe some of your professionals that work in your community that, you know, could help assist with navigating a new diagnosis? Or, you know, does your company have a guidebook or, you know, a tip sheet or something that could help and really look to see what you can do to make their professional, you know, um, career better and helpful to people in the community. So I think, you know, really going in with let them win, let them win first. If you build that relationship and you go in a selfless way, um, I've seen this time and time again, professionals come back to you, you build that trust and rapport, and they'll give you a chance and give you a family that they're working with and give you the opportunity um, to work with them and, and give you that referral. So I think those are kind of my three things that I say over and over again um, to our, you know, uh, team and to teams in the past. Um, I think lastly, I'll say on, on that front is um, it's about communication. So if they give you a referral and they, they say, look, I have a family I'm working with, they're giving you their trust. They're giving you their reputation. They're giving you a chance to prove yourself. So in order to do that, um, one of the most important things I feel is that communication in return. How are you going to communicate with them? What are you going to give them? Um, how are you going to let them know how it's going? Um, it's extremely important if you want to have a second chance at a referral or, you know, to be able to use their name as maybe a reference for another referral source or ask them for another professional partner that you could work with, that you build that trust through that communication. So once you've had that opportunity, if you want to continue to build the funnel of referrals, you've got to get back to them, let them know, you know, it went very smoothly. The families toward the community, they're very interested. They're looking at a few places. And just stay in close contact. Obviously, you're not able to give, you know, private information, but the fact that they're working with the client means they care enough and they want to know, you know, ultimately what's happened with that family. So I think, you know, just following up and, and using clear communication with them is going to help build that relationship. Well, fantastic tips. I like you. One, two, three. I'm going to work <laughs> backward. I'm going to work backward. I would say communication. Uh, I always say no, no news is never good news in right. sales, right? And right. The, the communication, communication and, and the communication, right? And follow-up and updates. And when people don't hear from you, you know, that's not a good thing. I think we were some, I don't, not sure if it's, we don't know what to say. We think we're bothering people. Uh, it's silence, just flip it. When you don't hear something from somebody else, do you think you either forget about them or you wonder like, why are they not communicating? So I agree. Communication, working backward. Uh, what I like when you said, what can I do? So not a win-win, but a win for you. And yes. you know, Heather, I think we, we lead with intention, all of us and our, it comes out of us, like what our intention is even in life, right? So if you're a helper or you're a giver or you're a, 
you're, you, you're a connector, you care about, you don't have to say, hi, I'm Heather, I care about people, or hi, I'm Heather, I like to learn. You just, I know that about you because it's your intention and it's coming out of you naturally, right? So we read each other. And if our intention is, I need to get a referral today, or I'm having pressure from some, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm under a lot of pressure right now and I need a sale, that's going to come out of us. And it's challenging sometimes to, at least for me, to shut that off, you know, the pressure. I, you know, I need that sale today or I, I need this to close or I need a referral or I'm going to get, you know, you got to shut that off, forget about that to connect. And because it truly is our intention, right? To, for, yeah. for that win. So I love that. Not a win-win, a win for you, right? A win for right. you. I love that. And then uh, casting the wider net and uh, who else, who else, who else? Mm-hmm. You've been doing this, I'm sure, probably as long as me, where it was like, find your three people, <laughs> yeah. your five people that will give you referrals and your building stays full and it doesn't work like that anymore. And then that face-to-face, uh, as much as we can, I know that can be a challenge and think narrow. So small, meaning um, you don't have to do 50 appointments. Right. Right. I think that's overwhelming. Let's 20 people go see 20 people this week. How about two? Go right. Yeah. In doable chunks. So great advice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Make them but, impactful, make them small, make them impactful. Um, because you're right. Going back to like, who are your three people? You know, I think if when we look at our referral sources, we have seen from our wider net that we've cast a lot different referrals coming in every single month from all different categories that we would have never even, you know, dreamed possible a couple of years ago. Um, however, having said that, you are going to see, you know, a top five or 10, depending on how long you've been really working hard on your outreach of consistency, people that trust and believe in you. You have to continue those relationships. Sure. Um, and you're right. You will see that consistently if you, if you nurture those relationships and communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And real quick, before we jump onto the second, very highly um, requested topic, but when you say face-to-face, I agree with you. Uh, what, what about I just can hear people thinking mm, people I can't get face to face. They don't want to see, they don't have time. They're tough. The doors are shut. So how do you get face to face? I think, you know, it's consistency. I know, you know, one of the things that we always talk to our folks that are focused on external is, you know, it's going to take you sometimes six, eight, 10 times of, first of all, just trying to get an appointment with someone face to face. You got to work around what they're, needs are and what their schedule is. And it might be, you know, that they give you a five minute slot on Wednesdays, um, you know, and so you have to be flexible and think, you know, what would work for them? Would it be better that maybe they're coming to one of our upcoming events that we're having? Could I meet them 10 minutes before? Because I haven't been able to give them a tour before, you know, could I ask that they come early and I, you know, sneak off with them for a few private minutes. Um, But it's just kind of finding out like what would work for you? I know you're very busy. I want to honor your schedule. Just going in again with the win. I want to you know, I want to hear for five or 10 minutes, what are your challenges with working with families and understand where you're coming from so that I might be able to contribute something, you know, to lessen that for you and help, you know, help you help other families. And I think immediately when people hear that you're coming to hear more about them and what they do and their challenges, they're already going to let their guard down and say, you know what, I have time for you. And again, just letting them know, when does it work? 
you know, I know your schedule is, you know, robust with many things. If there's a time that it's a little slower, is it morning? Should we grab breakfast? You know, can I stop by early? You know, whatever it is at work and being patient with it, consistent, polite, professional, being patient. Um, even though you're really only maybe doing small bits and trying to hit a few people a week or whatever you can do, what, whether that's a few a month, a few a week, whatever, you're going to be reaching out to several people at once. It's not just one or two to get those appointments. You're probably reaching out to eight to 10 professionals so that you can ensure you have one to two. Um, and so whoever it works for in your top list or you know who you're going to make those appointments with, and then you just keep on the rest until you're able to get the appointment. And if for some reason, you know, it absolutely cannot work in person. They can't come to any events that you have. You can't get in front of them. You know, their hospital doesn't allow whatever it is. I would say to them, what is the best way for us to talk for 10 minutes? You know, would it be better for me to call you on a zoom call or, or something? Cause I really want to, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I want to do what works for you and just ask them, you know, is there any way that we can you know, spend a few minutes and I can understand more of what you're doing and in, in your challenges. And I think you'll, you know, be much more likely to, to score that appointment and, you know, be closer to getting more professional referrals. In that intention, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's flattering if someone really wants to get in front of you. And if it, if, if, like you said, don't give up after two tries, five minutes, ask for five minutes to get right. for a win for them. And you, someone's really persevered, not every day, but, you know, really persevere that <laughs> they really, really want this. Uh, you have a much higher, higher chance, right? You try yeah. once and they say, no, you know, yeah, I, I, one of my first bosses, when I, my, my first role in outreach, she said to me, I don't care if you have to go to that physician's office a hundred times. <laughs> Until he will see, and she wasn't kidding either, until he will see you, you get to know his office staff, you get to know how everything works, but you just keep going, even if it takes a hundred times. And, yeah. you know, I went into that as a young person thinking, this is going to take me a hundred times. I better get better at this. Um, but it was true. And I was yeah. able to break through those by building, you know, relationships and then eventually see those physicians, even though it might've taken time and then putting that effort and, you know, into it, you learn very quickly. You're going to get that physician that says, you know what, I have referrals for you every week and I'm going to see you, you know, and um, I love what you're doing with our families. You know, your reputation is great. I've seen what you can do and they suddenly trust you. And now that, you know, going in there 20 times or whatever um, makes sense um, when you've had your, you know, 15th referral months later. So I'll never forget that. You know, that was definitely a little scary entry into uh, outreach. Hello, anything less than a hundred times. We're like, look, don't give up. You know, you get that lead. It's going to take eight to 10 times. They, yeah. they put their inquiry in. I know you think you're, they're going to answer the phone, but they've moved on to the next thing. So you yeah. keep trying. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, our time is coming to an end, uh, but I did want to get one last question in sure. and it's one that hopefully becomes more and more uh, frequently asked, but I get asked uh, more than, more than you, you would think right now. And that's about wait list about waitlist management. Again, good problem to have, right? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're fully occupied or a certain uh, care type or, or apartment style or you're pre-lease, right? And you've got that right. waitlist too. So can you give us any tips on successful waitlist management? Sure. 
luckily at Maplewood, we've been talking about this a lot. Um, you know, we've we've definitely gotten to a place where we've got communities at 100%. And so now we have new challenges and problems. Yay. Um, um, so just a couple of things, um, since this is fresh in my mind, um, one of the things that we always try to do is, um, you know, look at the communities, build out a proper wait list. We have a wait list built out right in our CRM that we customized. Um, so I recommend having an official place to keep people. Um, I recommend looking at an official process. You know, what is it that they commit to, to be on the wait list? Um, you know, try to be a little bit more vague with your wait listers. We definitely can get into a habit in senior living of, you know, I have a wait list and these five people want a one bedroom east facing view with the larger closet. We, we definitely don't want to get in and lock ourselves into those very, very specific things. Um, you know, but definitely discuss what that's going to look like. I would say when you take someone on your wait list, you want to be clear. Um, I suggest something substantial for a deposit. So sometimes I think we kind of undercut ourselves with that. And then we have people just throwing, you know, $250 at us saying, I want to be on the wait list. Oftentimes what you find is that's the way for them to say to their kids, you know, I want to live at this property, but they don't have any apartments. Right. They don't have right. any one bedroom, east facing, so on and so forth. So I gave my $250. So I've got this taken care of. Um, we want to make it substantial enough that they take it seriously. And that when they put their money down on the apartment, it means I actually want to live there. Um, make sure you're telling them what the process is. So when an apartment comes available, you know, how long do they have to tell you? whether or not they'll take the apartment, what happens if they don't, do they stay in the same spot on the list and just be clear on communication. Um, and then lastly, how to maintain it, I think is you know really important since you bring that up. We talk a ton about this, um, but having a strategic plan for your wait list. You know, you can grow that quickly. You know, we have some wait lists already with 10, 15, 20 people on them. And it's important, again, goes back to communication, Julie, um, you know, talking to them, what is your strategic plan with making sure they're integrated in your community prior to the time that it's time to move in? So are you inviting them to events? How are you communicating? Are you emailing? Are you calling, you know, at least monthly? And what are all the touch points? And the same point, are you bringing them into the community to meet residents, to participate in things that are happening? You know, come to the dining. You know, we have an event coming up for Mother's Day. We want to bring you and your daughters here and meet other residents. And so you really want to start integrating them into the community immediately. You know, so they give you the deposit and then you treat them as almost a resident. Um, the more you do that, the more they're going to get comfortable and they're not going to pass up on that one bedroom West facing. They're going to say, you know what, I'm going to take this. Um, and I think, you know, just that frequency and that communication will make a big impact. Um, and, you know, look, I know everyone's looking to get to a wait list, but we're building it up every month, you know, stay Stay on track. Again, small things every month, small um, you know, increases in occupancy matter. And hopefully, you know, within the next year, all of senior living will have the same problem and be focused on their wait list. So it's getting to be exciting after a long, challenging period for all of us. Oh, I mean, I love seeing those posts. Uh, the hundred, <laughs> yeah. the balloons, the one zero zero, the ninety, yeah. the eighty, whatever you know, whatever milestones. Yeah. We're just, celebrating everything in the industry, right? Gotta celebrate, uh, celebrate our wins. Heather Fremont, Vice President of Marketing at Maplewood Senior Living, a guru of our business and a wealth of information and knowledge. And I definitely want to pick your brain more, uh, maybe later this year or into twenty twenty three. Um, thank you so much for joining. One last thing, 
uh, advice or way that you burn off stress? What's your, what's a stress buster for you? A stress buster for me. Well, it's the days that I get up in the morning and I jump on that treadmill or get out there and take that walk. Definitely for me is exercise. Um, and then reading, just kind of taking your mind off of everything and getting into a good book. Um, I used to be one that only read nonfiction books my almost my entire life until a few years ago. Um, and then I realized the value in fiction and just kind of living in someone else's happy place for a while or whatever it is. Um, and so I definitely have leaned on uh, books starting. It's one of the gifts from the pandemic for me, you know, giving myself another hobby. So awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. What's one I should read? What's a must read? Oh my. I love reading. I love fiction, nonfiction, biography, audible. I listen to books. Okay. Books. Um, so you're putting me here trying to think of a title of something. Um, I have the book in mind, but not the title offhand. So I'm going to follow up with you on that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the, um, uh, Lisa Wingate's the author. I just have to think of what the Lisa title Wingate. is. Wingate. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look her up. I'm going to look her up. I love, um, one for you. If for listening, I don't know if you do audible. I do. I loved David Grohl's, um, auto kind of autobiography anthology, uh, recently, you know, Foo Fighters love David. I mean, it, he, it was yeah. incredible. So huh. always, I, I agree with you. I think sometimes we just need to, I love learning, but it, sometimes we just need to find out what's going on in someone else's world just for fun too. So yep. Heather, thank you again. Thanks everyone. Thanks Julie. Always yep. fun talking to you. Have a great day. Thanks. Likewise.